This radio station was named Audio Slave in honor of the last American heroes to whom speed means freedom of the soul. The question is not when it's going to stop, but who is going to stop them. What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports Tyler, Texas, PMP Sprockets, and Shock Socks. I'm your host, Mark Poole. With me in studio, my usual crew, our faithful producer, DJ TJ Smith. What's up, man? Man, this just brings you back to like the end of high school. This right this, here? This, this stuff here. This was like 2005, bro. Was 2002 it? or th- three or four, yeah. Is it that new? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah it's not. It's after Soundgarden. I know up. you're older than that. I, the gray hair <laughs> in your beard tells me that. Yeah, may, may, maybe it's the... It's the, just Cornell's voice. It's, it's Cornell, just Cornell's yeah, voice. Yeah, definitely. Sound brings it back. So, number three on the list, number one in our hearts, the world famous Jamie Darkside Guida. What's up, Darkside? Uh, not much. I'm good. I don't know why you always say world famous. I mean, I think I'm just... You're kind of you're kind of a, you're kind of a, you're, you're kind of a big deal. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Deal. I don't know about you're that. You're kind of a big deal. I'm just he's kind of a big deal, isn't he, TJ? Kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm you're starstruck. Very, I'm over here. Yeah, starstruck. me too. I mean, you're very important to us too, personally. But you know, you're a big deal. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. I wish you guys would tell my fiance that. <laughs> yeah, my wife didn't give a shit about me. Right. I'm just saying. So she's like, "Yeah, who are you?" But uh, we have an awesome show lined up to you get for you guys tonight. We've got uh, Texas native Blake Wharton coming on to t- talk to us about what he's got going on is his motocross schools and his music and whatever else we want to talk about with yeah. Mr. Purple Rain. <laughs> and right. uh, then we've got oh, and I know Jamie loves this. We've got. Moto Concepts Kyle Chisholm coming Jamie, on. Jamie, put your pants Nat, back on. Nat, put your, hey, I'm surprised Easy. he's sitting down right now. Easy. How do you sit down with that? You know, <laughs> I'm resting on it. National number 11, Mr. Kyle Chisholm, getting back on the 250 bike this week. I'd like yeah. to. We're going to talk to him about that and see uh, see how that transition back's going. I'm sure it's like riding nothing. You know, after being on 450, I'm sure he just pins that 250. Yeah, I've been. You know, of course, I follow him on Twitter and stuff, Instagram. Mm-hmm. He said he's loving it. So. Yeah. Good deal. Well, he's on a good, good bike. Yeah. And you know, Tony Alessi's not pulling no punches. They're going to have a motor in their bikes. Yeah, so. the setup-wise, yeah. Absolutely. Again, big thanks, Broadway Power Sports, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets. Without them, we wouldn't be here and be able to bring you this uh, this awesome, janky content we tend to, to, <laughs> to, well, that we try to give every week. So we're not always right. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. I've, it's what everybody else is talking about, and I'm sick to fucking death of it. Pardon my language. <laughs> Chad Reed, Ryan Dungey issue. Okay, we know some of you agree with Chad. Some of you want to hang him and have him fired from his job. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Penalized five, was it five grand and five points in the championship, yep. which basically took it, made his night a wash. That's what yep. he got. Yeah, it was like with. like exactly. So look, I get it. Like I can understand if he's mad at him. Like Chad's the last guy out there you kind of want to do that with because he will retaliate on you. Like a lot of guys will just let it go. Chad's not one of them dudes. No. But he did get in the way of what I thought was shaping up to be a good race. I don't think Dungey would have beat Tomac, 
But he was, about, you know, a second, about a second and a half. He had caught up to about a second and a half yeah, behind him. It was just, yeah, just over a second, I think, and it cost him about three or four seconds. So, and in the end, it, it took him out. I mean, yeah. he was rattled after that. He went. The gap went to about ten seconds. So, right. I know. I, I just wanted to see the race. That's yeah, I, me, I think you know? he would have got up there, and I don't like. I'm with you. I don't think he would have passed Tomac, but mm-hmm. uh, it would have definitely made it more interesting. Although the the reed holding him up still made it interesting, it just did in make a different it interesting way. In a different way. I was literally standing up, like, "Get the hell out of the way, yeah. Chad! What's wrong with you?" You know. But well, what do you think, TJ? You got, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, he. I mean, most of his career, he was around um, Stewart. So as they start, as their career starts ending, they can't handle being in the back of the pack and. Stuff like this happens. Maybe yeah. that's the case. I don't that, know. It could be part of it. You know, you guys know I'm not a fan of Reed. So I was mad. Um, sure. I definitely was, like a lot of people, throwing a fit. But JT just blocked you. Yeah, I don't want JT to know that I don't like Reed. I'm, af- <laughs> I'm afraid if he finds that out. <laughs> yeah, but you're not being hateful. So I'm no, sure no, no. Cool, well, you I, know? I, I, I like Chad, but, I mean, it is what it is. It was a dick move. I'll period. tell you how big of a deal it is. Um, Dark Side and I are in another group text that is all about fantasy stuff. We never talk about races. We never cover anything during a race. And there was, what, 20 or 30 things back and forth about yeah. this Chad thing, which is – so it kind of says everybody's paying attention to it. So Yeah, it, it, it's a hot topic. It, it made was unusual. It, it made it more exciting, like you said, because had it, he chased down Tomac and almost got him, we'd have been like, oh, maybe he's going to be better than this and that. And then it, nobody would – nothing. Well, and just the fact that it lasted for a couple laps. Like if yeah. it had been two or three corners, it would have probably been a big deal. But for laps, it's – Here's, highly unusual you got one side saying oh chad's a crybaby chad's being a little bitch the other side saying the exact same thing about ryan dungey the reigning two-time champ three-time champ excuse me like all right here's the deal i'm gonna call it now they're both being dumbasses about it both of them need to go on their separate ways and move on with this yeah. ryan's got a championship to worry about and chad i don't know what chad's got going on they will but they know, will it uh, Chad's got you know I don't think this this tarnishes his legacy. He's still one of the very best that's ever done it. He can still ride a dirt bike very well, but I mean in yeah. the end he needs to quit doing crap like that. Both of them do. Hey, isn't it kind of fitting that we have Chiz on because they they everybody keeps trying to compare this to that the, situation? Yeah, was it? Yeah, Salt I brought Lake that up last night and. Yeah, I think we'll be have to be touchy with that. I don't little, think we mess with I don't, that. I don't think we talk about well, that. Well, I, I was going to ask him just his opinion on what happened. We'll let him bring it up. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll let but, him bring it up. We'll let super fan over here yeah, bring yeah. it up. I'll bring it up. I think I have a way to bring it up. But uh, <laughs> Do what you do then. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what he says. But you know, Guys, just just so we're clear on this, Darkseid is the number one Kyle Chisholm fan <laughs> in the world. And if you don't believe him, just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> and if you disagree with him, he's going to fight you. <laughs> you and he's a saying? big guy. And yeah, he's a tall dude. He's a, he's you know, he might, guy. What he's going to do is unravel his ponytail oh, and yeah. whip your ass with it straight <laughs> up. If the hair comes down, you're in trouble. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, again, what's up? I was just, I need to text okay. Blake. Take, go, go, ahead, go ahead and text Mr. Wharton Sorry. and get him on, on, the, on the horn. Let, let him know we're about ready for him. Um, Tomac again, just... How many is that, like 20 in a row? Yeah. Six in a row, or yeah. five in a row now. No. Was it five going in, five now, now it's six? six? I think it's six row, now. I believe. He's, yeah. won, he's won eight or nine races yeah. this year. So, he's uh, doing what uh, we were all afraid of Roxon doing, making it boring. He's doing that. I don't think it's boring, though, because he's still behind. Think, yeah. you got to remember, he Dungey's still four points I ahead I meant the him. racing itself. Like, well, yeah, but it's just still running like, off. I, I mean, I would, me, 
I know you. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I know you said you kind of had didn't watch no, this last one, and then no. like last week was the last week that you said you fell asleep. But like, there's asleep. some good racing going on in the yeah. other positions that they're covering. Definitely, definitely. Hey, while, while we're talking, I don't mean to change the subject, but Mr. Robert Wells was the winner of uh, the Shock Socks giveaway. That's right. So uh, hey, I, I, from what I understand, your order has shipped. So enjoy, yep. sir. Yeah, good job. Yeah, I need yeah. to figure out some way for me to get some free ones too. Yeah, those, those me are too. Sweet. I would like. Shan said you can't have any. I can't have any. No. no, he actually at Freestone he gave Doc two pairs, and I tried to claim one of them. You know, because he's one of Doc's riders. He said he'd get you. Or Doc rides for him. Yeah, and, and Doc's like, no, those are mine. <laughs> yeah. You get your own. I'm like, great. <laughs> I got a couple extra pair, but I don't know if I'll let you have any. Oh. 250 class. Savachi's gonna accidentally win this title, guys. And when I say accidentally because he's doing everything in the world to. to Shoot himself in the foot and just keeps working out for him. Right? Isn't Jordan Smith within a few points? Jordan might get him, but Dude, I still think Savage. How cool would that win. be? Yeah, it'd be awesome. I don't. I don't know. He wasn't expected. Yeah, but no, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if anybody thought Jordan Smith was even going to be in contention, let alone like ripping wins off like it's, this. Yep. Two wins in a row. It's hard to hard to say. who saw this coming, but good for him. So, uh, would you go ahead and connect us with Blake? I like watching Supercross while we're doing the show. I, <laughs> See, I can't watch it. I'll, I'll, I I'm eyes. ADD. I'll be like yeah. zoned out. I can't get my eyes off of it. It's awesome. But so. yeah, so we're yeah we're gonna put a TV in here, but we may not be able to do that if Mark can't pay attention. <laughs> no, it's good. I got this. So <laughs> be me that can't pay attention. I'll have to turn around backwards. All right, guys. Coming up next, former 250 Supercross winner Geico Honda Rockstar Suzuki, uh, Mr. Blake Wharton. Blake, how are you? How's it going, guys? Good, good. Here with uh, our producer, TJ, and then Jamie. Yep, this is Jamie, Dark Side. Say hi, guys. What's up, man? Oh, let me get on the mic. What's oh, yeah, going on, Oh, yeah, he probably Blake? doesn't know you as Dark Side, does Yeah, he? What's Side. going on? Thank, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> oh, man, we're oh, honored. Man. We're yeah, definitely honored to have you on. We always love talking to the guys from Texas because, well, we all, we're all from Texas, so it works yep. out. What are you up to, yeah. Blake? Well, um, several different projects um, at the moment. I've been um, doing some training, actually, in Arizona training some some of the local riders and the local talent with um none other, none other than sean kalos yeah i'm a, I'm a um, big kalos having, fan from back in the day man yeah sean is a good guy and he still rips goes well we actually have a school this weekend at acp um but other than that i've been doing some schools been doing some doing some writing for racer x enjoy doing those stories for those guys and um writing as well so all is well in my life thank you yeah i was quite interested in that uh story you did over in israel that was really cool yeah, the uh, the motorcycle scene over there is quite complex, but it's very, very interesting, and I think that it has a lot of potential, not just in Israel, but in the entire uh, Middle East region. And so I'm looking forward to going back. Actually, I've been there three times, and I'm wanting to go back later this year to work on another project, and I would love to be able to, you know, get some more content for you guys to check out. Man, that's awesome! I love that you're that you're you're bringing moto to the masses, so to speak. You're taking it to places where it's not really doesn't have a presence. I'm glad that somebody stepped up and is doing that. That's awesome, man. Well, no, it's it's a great it's a great role, and I think that um, these these um, these motorcycle communities just need a voice. You know, they they love moto like we do. Um, you know, and and they love moto. You know, and if they don't have the means to do it, sometimes they'll do moto in their own way. In Nicaragua, they love moto, motocross there, and Central America, South America. From what I've seen, the world loves motocross, and so just the idea is to facilitate growth amongst the sport. You know, where so these guys have opportunities, you know, similar to what we have in the states and in and in Europe. 
Yeah, that's really cool, man. I uh, I love the fact that you branch out a little bit. You're not the typical moto guy. Like one of my favorite memories of you is not even a racing memory, but the group of kids that you would bring to the stadiums. Uh, I think it was from a school or, or some something along those that's lines, right. a charity that you did, and that that was just really cool to see that you took your time on race day when. A lot of guys don't really have a lot of time because they're focused so much. And you, sure. you know, you you put yourself out there and thought about other people, and that was really cool. I, I've always appreciated that. No, thank you. No, we had some some great events. That was the motivated program that we were we were doing, and it was uh, in conjunction with a public school in Whitesboro, Whitesboro, Texas. So some local kids, and we brought them out to the press day at Dallas, actually a few different times, and they dressed up and have their wigs and their worn shirts. Right, but it was right. A, yeah, you, it was like my minions out there. It was very, very exciting for them. But, I mean, imagine having a field trip when you're, you know, in fourth grade going to Supercross. I think you guys would all have had fonder memories of middle school. Yeah, you know? yeah I, absolutely. I'd, I'd probably go back to school. Yeah, I might have yeah. paid attention <laughs> for right. sure. So, so Blake, coming up as an amateur, um, you know, I know a lot of the you, – you've been on Pulp recently, so a lot of this has been talked about. Sure. So I was going to try to go to some other – other topics maybe like do you have a favorite race memory as an amateur you know maybe a favorite competitor um amateur racing was was very intense back in the day i'm sure you guys know and there was a there was a there was a timeline i'd say from carmichael to maybe tomac where the industry was really good the economy was really good and guys would get top guys would get 20 bikes from suzuki 20 bikes from kawasaki and that was on rare cases but you know that that um it was it was certainly flourishing at that point amateur racing um but you know amateur racing you know we we started you're seven years old eight years old and then you sort of get involved into this community that's you know, about eight races a year, you see the same families. Um, you race um, similar guys as you grow up because you're all in the same age group. And depending on the year, uh, a lot of good, a lot of good memories of amateur racing in general. Um, racing with my brother, he was my riding partner, and that's a major advantage if you have a sibling you can ride with. Yeah. Um, but you know, some intense times too. You know, to make it to the professional ranks at 16, 17, it's pretty insane. And I don't have to mention that to you guys. I'm sure you know. We've all seen it before. We've seen, you know, inside the moto, the great outdoors. Um, but I've had a, a few special wins in the amateur days. Uh, many destinations in Bulgaria, 2017. That was a very neat experience for me. And oh, wow. and then um, MGM Grand back when they had the Supercross there in yep. 05. I won that. Uh, the halftime show race, I guess you could call it, but uh, some special times and and some special tracks as well. I remember you being featured on uh, the moto inside the outdoors. Was it two thousand nine? Yeah, I believe it was. I believe it was nine and ten. Those those two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, definitely. That was. Uh, I miss that show. Oh, I love the it. The show was awesome. Great, great show. Troy Adamitis is uh, he's great at what he does, and he's still in the industry. But I'd love to see him. Yeah, you know, or love to see that that show come back. Definitely, definitely. Now I'm going to jump back a little bit. What got you started riding dirt bikes, and at what age did you start? Um, I started riding when I was seven years old. My brother was eight, and uh, we were living in Arizona at the time. But many many people don't know this, but my dad um, raced professionally back in the '70s, and so me and my brother were second generation racers, and so we got bikes at that young age, and. And we just started rise, you know, riding and, and sort of took our time in the beginning. But then shortly thereafter, you know, when we showed a little bit of promise, things got more serious. And then we moved to Texas and uh, we just sort of 
it just sort of skyrocketed from there. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I was wondering, you know, since you you talked about your brother and the um, the companionship you had, have you guys ever had a say where one of you took each other out in amateur days and maybe had a little disagreement because of something like that? Yeah, boy, did you have to tune him up ever? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's an interesting question. You guys know that there's always bound to be some sort of controversy sure. when you when you're racing and riding. And imagine this: you're you know, racing or riding together, you know, five days a week and then not including the races. Um, my brother's older than me. And so it was like every other year that we would race, depending on the class, like the super mini class, we might race um, all the time because of the age that you were allowed to ride there. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, surprisingly, we only had uh, two or three incidents where we really came together on accident, unintentionally, on the practice track because we were going at it. And one of us would go down hard, or we would both go down hard. Um, but we had some racing moments where he was faster than me, or I was faster than him, and tempers flare a little. But for the most part, we were we were Team Wharton. You know, we right. just wanted to represent well, and whether he won or I won, it was it was still a success at the end of the day for for both of us. Yeah, I know how that can be because my son has guys that stay here and train with him, and I always tell him, "Y'all are gonna hate each other before long." <laughs> they, they, sure. only, they only spend a couple months together, and I'm like, "Y'all are gonna hate each other." Y'all be prepared for that because one day one's gonna be. Hey, free. you know what's more more of the truthful version of that is the parents are gonna hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's that's what usually happens, yeah. and it's a shame because you know. Um, kids can form great relationships at a young age and then, you know, parents can kind of get crazy and start looking like Will Ferrell off kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah, right. So, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Hey, speaking of your brother, what's he up to now? Uh, my brother, he's doing well. He, he enjoys riding his Moto Guzzi street bike and, um, he's, uh, down South in, um, in the Beaumont area. So close to Houston, you know, close to, uh, close to that area and he uh, does some real estate and does some car business with my father mm-hmm. awesome oh your, your dad's in the car business i forgot about that that's right my my grew up my my whole family is is also in that business and probably since what 1949 i think was my grandfather started so i grew up in that yeah. life i know what's up <laughs> yeah you've grown up on a lot you know you know what it looks like out, yeah. out, out there but now we did the same when we were young younger good deal Hey, so Blake, I, I was asking about like maybe your favorite competitor or your least. I'd like to know more. Honestly, sure. I'd like to know your least favorite competitor. And I don't mean somebody that you didn't like personally necessarily. Maybe just somebody you did not like to have to race for one reason or another. Oh well, that's that's a pretty easy one. I, in, in amateur racing, it's kind of special because rivalries are like made out of amateur motocross. Right. Um, you can have two guys that are at the top of their class, and because the age group is ten to eleven or twelve to thirteen. You know, there's there's a little bit less competition. Sure. You know, in the pro in the pro ranks, you can have a guy who's ten years older than you, and and you know you can be racing that guy like it like there's no tomorrow. Um, but in the amateur ranks, uh, we had several different rivalries depending on the year. But uh, I raced Taron O'Dell a lot, and actually mentioned him on Pulp MX. He was an Arkansas guy, and so a lot of the Oklahoma kids and Arkansas kids and so uh, Louisiana kids, they would all come race the uh, Pro Circuit Series. You, you Texans know what that is. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and so we had epic battles. You know, we've been racing each other since we were probably eight years old. And so a lot of epic battles, a lot of heated moments and screaming and yelling and all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was I was sitting around last weekend. I'm the announcer out at Village Creek. And uh, me and, me and uh, Terry were talking about that, the uh, – 
Pro Circuit Series, and he was talking about dropping names of all you guys going through that series. I mean, sure. kind of a, that was kind of a who's who back then. Oh, it, it definitely was, and I I always enjoyed the Pro Circuit Series, but it was sort of like you'd get 500, 600, 700 guys at round one, maybe, maybe more, give or take. Um, and so you had, like I said, you had guys coming from all over that region of the states, and it really made for some great racing. And to be honest with you, I think it made us all better because we relied on that series. Not only just, you know, was it Moser Valley then and Lake Whitney, but we had this other series where it could be sort of like a national for for seven, eight rounds. Yeah, you need to come out there. Have you been out to Village recently? Uh, it's been it's been some time since I've been out there, but I would definitely like to get out there and uh, yeah, check see it out because happening. he's gone out there and completely changed the track. Vmax, he changed out. both tracks, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. did change both tracks. He made the night track not so do or die, and the the wow. la- the last round that we had out there that um, didn't get rained like coming in. They had I want to say even the vet class had uh, twenty three riders signed up in the plus forty. I mean that place that Village Creek just brings in the riders. Uh, no, and rightfully so. It is sort of one of the last Mohicans in that in that area. A lot of we've seen a lot of good tracks come and go, um, but yeah, like you mentioned, Terry would certainly have stories on a lot of these guys. And you know, someone else would have a story is Gay Smith, because when someone got in trouble, you know, sometimes Gay had to talk to us, yeah. give us a slap <laughs> yeah. on the hand. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about that last week on Pulp when uh, Mathis asked me about Texas tracks, and we were talking about Terry was the guy I was talking about that. I think he ran the night track at Mosier, and then he went and built Village. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I remember yeah. I remember making runs to the Mosier Valley night track from where I live. We live about two hours from Dallas, so that was a, a good quick run on Friday night. That was a haul. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially when you didn't get off till 5.30 and practice was like at 7. <laughs> well, and you didn't get done till midnight. You yeah. probably weren't home till 2 o'clock. Right, right. Get up and yeah. do it again, huh? Hey, quick that's question. Right. How is it working with Sean Kalos? Uh, it's great working with Sean. I have gotten to know Sean a lot better in, in recent weeks. Um, but he's a local Arizona guy, and, I, and I, I was, I'm a Texan um, at heart, and I was actually born in Texas, but I grew up in Arizona. So I, I know a lot of these guys, and, I, and I, I'm interested in the sort of the Arizona legends. You know, a lot of talented guys have come out of here. And, sure. And so it's, it's been good working with Sean. He's been able to teach me some things, and we've been able to do schools together and and offer some unique perspectives and like i said he still rips on a bike so do you ever got to train with do you ever run into uh, justin bucklew out there i think he lives out in arizona doesn't he yeah justin bucklew does live out here and he's a new mexico guy and he's uh he's also i see him you know actually quite a bit it's all at canyon canyon raceway a few weeks ago and so there's some good trainers out here yeah, that's, that scene's pretty big out there, too. My, my buddy Steven lived in uh, Phoenix for a couple of years, and he was riding somewhere, it seemed like, about every night of the week or every day. So they have, a, they have plenty it's, of riding uh, to do out there. Yeah, there's a lot of riding to do out here. Um, a little bit of a shortage on water, but a lot of great <laughs> desert riding, a lot of great trail riding. You guys know Abbott's from out this way, and Taylor Roberts. Um, mm-hmm. He's a kid I actually grew to, I went to school with when I was a younger youngster. Um, and so... Yeah, it's a good scene out here. I think it it could it could be cultivated a little more, but um, start right. Well, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um, not sure if you specifically remember me, but I've talked I talked to you at Dallas this year, and then I think the year before about music a little bit. Sure. Um, I, I downloaded your album, uh, Explain Insanity. It's very good, by the yeah. way. Love it. Absolutely love Thank it. Thank you. Um, I love the singer songwriter stuff. I love your voice. Your guitar player is phenomenal. 
Um, I want, you know, you talked about this on Pulp a little bit too, but I want to know what your earliest influences were. Um, I know your mom's a big supporter of you. She's, I see her at the races a lot. You said she of course. inspired you in music. You know, what kind of stuff did you grow up listening to? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And a lot of my musical influence came from being on the road with, with certain guys and certain trainers actually going to ride around that time, eight, nine, ten years old. And, uh, I would do a lot of training with Nide, Shannon Nide, and um, Shannon Nide was into the grunge scene. So a lot of the Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, you know, a lot of the 90s rock and Nirvana and all those guys and live. And um, and so I, I started listening to those guys and I was, you know, it was kind of like a generation behind, you know, what I was supposed to be listening right. to. It. You know, you got other kids listening to the Backstreet Boys around <laughs> 2000 and I'm listening to Rooster. Right. Um, and so definitely a lot of influence there. Um, but I, I got to say that I was relatively diverse from a young age, you know, as to what I listened to, even to some gospel and some Christian contemporary, a lot of old songs, that, but a lot of those even came out of the 90s. So I think the 90s is a special time for music. Um, I agree. But definitely those were some of my earliest influences, I think, that have shaped even the music that I've done today. Well, I tell you what, I'm still lost in the 90s. I don't think I ever <laughs> left because all I listen to is 90s music still. And, of course, I went to you know high school in that era. And sure. Moto was super cool back then and the music. And everything just kind of flowed together yeah. good. I, I miss those times. Well, I'm 41. So I my first band that really changed my life, which people make fun of, it was Poison. And we're about to make fun of you again. But, I'm kidding. But it was. Yeah, that's not 90s. No, no. Well, I'm, I was in the 80s, you know, because I, like I said, I'm 41. So I didn't know sure. much about music at 13. My friends were into LL Cool J and Run DMC. And I listened to that stuff. And I was sitting there watching MTV, and nothing but a good time came on. And it blew my mind. And, sure. you know, now I'm into stuff like. His hair hadn't stopped growing <laughs> yeah. since. Yeah. Now, you know, you're, kind of, you're from the South Texas area. You, you may have heard of, like, The Sword out of Austin. Have you, you know, sure. in Scorpion Child, those, those are the kind of stuff I'm into now. And but, but your music, dude, I just I love it, man, because it's it's real and it's it's. Well, not... thank you. No, we we, we try to break the mold a bit. I think the music business has has sort of lost its way, and the industry yes. is kind of you know I don't need to tell you guys that most rockers would all agree that music's not what it what it once was. No, um, it's and not. so we in, we enjoy doing it. You know, there's no pressure. It's sort of been that thing on the side of racing for me for a long time. And um, we can just make music that we want to make. You know, we've been fortunate to record there at River, Rivergate Studios with Bobby Caps, and so we've got to know some of the actual rockers quite well. And some right. of the guys at Three Doors Down, Chet Robertson, there you, yeah, and uh, Greg Upchurch. And so we've we've been able to work with the guys that have done it, and they've taught us some things. Like you said, I'm I'm fortunate to have a fantastic guitar player. He's a big motocross fan, and he's yep. actually from Italy. So he came to the states in 2013 to pursue blues and rock and roll. And so we we connected and the rest is history right right well you guys make a good pair you know and you you were speaking of alice and change a little bit ago and this is sort of weird subject but have you noticed there's a guy named lane staley that rides supercross no i haven't yeah. but now i'm gonna go it, get his autograph it, now. It, it, well it, it bugs me man because i re, i literally like cried the night he died and then when dime died then that was just gut-wrenching for me that was a tough time for texas rock that's yeah, for sure for sure for sure um Man, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I can't wait for you to get some more stuff out. And I, I yeah, we're gonna be releasing soon. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I know you said you were in the studio. We heard the new track last last Monday. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, tell me about this UNT Moto. Yeah, UNT Moto is is a is a fascinating idea. Um, the thoughts behind it, the thought behind it, is pretty simple. Um, 
you know, let's bridge the gap between extreme sport and traditional or higher education. And, you know, the example of that is this, you know, you go on these campuses, you go on these high school, um, these high school, you go to these high school schools, you know, moto couldn't be further away. It's, it's, it's the traditional ball and stick sports that are sort of grandfathered in. Um, and that's great. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm for all sports, but I, how cool would it be if, you know, moto was more accepted or widely accepted or embraced on a college campus. And I know it was at one point in the 70s. I talked to a lot of different guys and some, some people who were actually into um, education. And, you know, we just like to bridge the gap there. We're sort of, we're just sort of getting our feet off the ground or we're sort of getting the club off the ground. UNT Moto is a club. And we're going to start doing some events. We're going to start doing some ride days in the North Texas area. Um, cool. Currently, we have... Uh, uh, we have, yeah, that, that's, I guess that's all we're doing right now. We have Josh Hernandez actually out at the Supercross track and been racing um, the, the Supercross East Rounds, and, and he's had some good rides, but he's a UNT Moto member, and so we'd love to expand upon that. I think that's neat. I, I think that uh, education should be stressed a lot more to the kids coming up. It, it's very important. You know, what are you going to do when, when you're done racing? And on top of that, never hurts to uh, be educated on, on many different things in life. Sure, you know? yeah. Like Blake, absolutely. Like Blake, you seem to be one of the more outspoken or well-spoken. Yeah, Blake, and, you're cultured. Yeah, yeah, very sure. cultured person. Very well. No, no, it's true. Thank you. Um, I, I, I've been able to travel in the last, you know, few years. A lot of the guys have been racing, and I've, and I've been seeing the world some. But you know, I've got to thank my parents for that. You know, they made sure that I um, finished school. You know, they made sure I got, uh, I got all my schooling and and did my high school. And uh, a lot of people don't know this. I mentioned this on Pulp, but I was doing school in 2012 when I was racing, and that was one of my better years. And so people probably think that the life of a rock star energy Suzuki rider would be going back and partying your brains out, but, you know, it couldn't be further away from the truth. Right. I don't think you ever put that off. I don't think anybody yeah. would have taken that from, from listening to your interviews and watching you race and the work. I, I, you never struck me as that, and that's good. That's yeah. really good. No, thank you. No, it, it just, I guess there's a bit of a stereotype that's been sort of infused with motorcycles. Maybe from the '90s, since those guys were so wild. Definitely, <laughs> but, it's definitely uh, from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Blake, man, I I really am uh, appreciative of you coming on. You know, and I, I appreciate that you're so friendly when I get to talk to you at Dallas and whatnot. You're just a good dude, and I'm very thankful you came on tonight, man. We're honored. Yeah, thanks a lot. No, thanks Blake. for having me. I'm all about Texas Moto, and I'd love to get back to the track a little more often. You know, and see some of my old friends, and see some of the up and comers, and the aspiring pros, and. Yeah, when's your, next, when's your next school down, uh, down here? Well, actually, speaking of Texas Moto, we are going to be doing a James Marshall Ride uh, School um, on the 15th of this month. This is actually our fourth year, I believe, that, uh, that I've been helping out James. Um, it's uh, all, all, all the money goes to him. All proceeds go to James. And James is a, was a, a, was a local Texas guy, and I grew up actually watching James. I remember watching him ride at... At Oak Hill, when I was on 65s, when Brad Woolsey and Charlie Bogart were taking me to go practice. Bogart, and, yeah, yeah. Bo Bogart was on our show. Yeah, we had Bogart a on couple months ago. ago. Talented guy, right there. A lot of a lot of Texas legends, and so yeah, yeah. that's actually the next event we have on cool. the 15th. And where is that? Yeah, um, that's actually you guys. We can find all the information online. Okay. Um, I'll be posting about it on yeah. social media. And so if anyone's interested, we'd love to have you out. Uh, Van Martin's going to be helping me out. And, cool. And uh, we're going to be training together, uh, I should say. Okay. And uh, we're going to have a good time. 
Well, yeah, man, when you post that, we'll definitely make sure we retweet it and uh, get it out there. Sounds great. Blake, thank you for your time, man. We really, really enjoyed talking to you. That was awesome. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, man. Have a good one, buddy. See ya. Blake Wharton, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, we're going to go to commercial break and be back with Kyle Chisholm. Team Chiz. Team Chiz. (laughs) Easy, dark side. Easy. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get shock socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Yo, TJ. What's up, man? Do you need an upgrade to your drivetrain? Well, you know I do. Well, man, you need to get it in gear with PMP Sprockets. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't think of that before. But why would I go to PMP Sprockets? Because they have colors for all makes and models. And they even offer sprockets for street bikes. So I can ride my KTM on the street? Yes, TJ. You can ride your KTM on the street. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, if you go to PMPSprockets.com and type in DarksideMX3 at checkout, you'll save some money. How about that? I like saving money. You like saving money? Yeah, this, I like saving money. This podcasting stuff, I'm going broke. I was I was broke before I got here, so and I have no money, so there we go. Hey, Facebook slash PMP Sprockets, check them out online, PMPSprockets.com, or call Kim and the crew and tell them Moto X Pod sent you. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back. Moto X Pod Show. Again, big shout out Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, PMP Sprockets, Shock Socks. Guys, visit all those people for us. They support us big time. We wouldn't be here without them. So, with that, um, our next guest is uh, Moto Concepts, Kyle Chisholm. Kyle, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, got done with my day pretty much. Uh, did some riding this morning and uh, back on the 250 and then. Had a little lunch and then a workout at the gym, and I just got back from that. So just kind of ending my day. You acclimating back to the 250 pretty well? Yeah, I mean, I was I was a little bit nervous because I was like, you know, I haven't ridden it since Dallas, and uh, I've been on the 450 since. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like getting know when I get back on it, how I'm going to feel. I kind of thought, you know, it would benefit me, you know, being on the 450, you know, during the East Coast rounds, just, you know, 
A, just to keep racing, and B, sure. get on the bigger bike and all that. You know, when you get back on the 250, it feels slower, so, you know, it's, <laughs> it's easier to ride. So what I was hoping for, anyways. And, uh, yeah, I got back on it yesterday, and it took me, you know, five, ten minutes just to kind of, you know, get the feeling back and just get used to the power and, you know, where to, what where the RPMs to ride it, you know, how much gas I need to give it to clear, what I need to clear, and just kind of knowing what the bike will do. Right. And, uh it I, so i wasn't sure how quickly that would come back since it's been you know a month and a half or so but uh it about five or ten minutes i was back right you know right on it feeling really good uh felt good today and uh yeah i, I it definitely quicker than when i first got on it back in december before right. the season you know when i got back on it then it's been oh man it was like i think nine years since i really <laughs> rode a 250 on a supercross track yeah. so Back then, and I only had a few weeks, you know, before Anaheim to get used to it, it took me a good, you know, not like I wasn't jumping the jumps, but it took me a good week or so to really just know what I can do. You know, look at a jump and be like, okay, this is how fast I'm going to need to hit it. You know, like on a 450, I can kind of look at something and be like, okay, I kind of have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to need to do to clear it. And on the 250, I was just like, I don't know what the bike's capable of doing. Right. You know, so... Um, it took me, you know, a good week or so to really even learn it. And then from there, it was just steady progression, you know, even through the West Coast first part of the series. I was still learning stuff like every week, you know, on the bike. And uh, so I'm sure I'll still kind of keep figuring some little things out here and there. But getting on it this time, you know, it wasn't like it's been nine years. It's only been a month and a half since right. I rode it, you know. So it came back quick like I hoped it would. And, and like I said, I riding the 450, getting back on this thing, it feels like a toy, you know, riding it. You <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so light, you know, so light, so easy to move and turn. Um, so it's been good, actually. I feel really good on it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping to have a good result this weekend and yeah. and uh, finish out the series strong. So uh, we know that you uh, have wanted to try – you've had some options to go to 250s for the last couple of years, but because of the rules, you weren't allowed to. Um, yeah. And, you know, with the lack of paid rides in the 450 class – uh, were you happy to be able to go back to the two fifties or was it just a means to an end? Um, first, no, I mean, I like, I like riding a four fifty two, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been really since I moved up to a four fifty back in like 2009 going into the 10, 2010 season, I had, you know, had tried to go back to two fifty, and I was never allowed to. Right. And then finally this year, you know, they kind of changed the rule a little bit or we made an exception to the rule whatever you want to call it, and uh, which was good. But for me, they kind of gave me the answer so late that, you know, I didn't even know until the first week of December that that it finally got okayed for me to be on it, to race a 250 if I wanted to. And I've yeah. been trying to do it since back in like, you know, since a long time ago, but sure. this year, you know, going into this year, it was back in like October when I had like appealed, you know, officially appealed it to the AMA. And I didn't get an answer until, like, the beginning of December. So at that point, I was kind of like, well, you know, pretty much all the rides are gone now anyway. So, you know, it kind of just is what it is. And then kind of last minute, you know, the next week, things kind of just fell together literally within about 30 minutes to do the whole Moto Concepts thing while while I was over in uh, Switzerland. So obviously I was thankful that came together. And I'm actually having a lot of fun on the 250. I I really like riding it and – I'm glad I was able to do it and go back. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun. It it was allowed me to get a ride 
you know, at least for the West Coast part of the series. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, I'm having a good time on it and see what happens for next year. You know, I'm technically I'm allowed to go back again next year unless I would have won the championship this year, which isn't going to happen. But, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, for next year, I'm open to 250 or 450. So, um, I'm, you know, I would be happy on either one. I think whatever the best team or best opportunity is what I would do. Sure. But uh, it's, it's nice to kind of have that option now at least, you know, not just be stuck trying to get a 450 ride when there's already too many good riders and not enough spots, you know, available. Exactly. So, um, it's nice to kind of be able to go back to the 250 if I want to. And, and like I said, I, I really do enjoy riding the, the 250. So it's not like I'm going back just to get a paycheck or just to get a job, you know, and I'm not having fun on it. I'm actually, I, I honestly, I probably have more fun riding the 250, maybe because it's new, you know, it's still kind of new to me, but, uh, being back on it, but, I do really enjoy riding it. So well, you look I, good on it, man. You look like you've, you've had some pretty stellar results on that thing this year too. From just from you know short prep time, all that. I mean, top tens, top you know top five. You look good on that bike, bud. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No, it's it's been good. It's not quite as good as I've wanted to do. I'm sitting eighth in points, which is okay. You know, top ten was kind of like the goal, but really top five is where I really really wanted to be. Yeah, and uh, but you know we got three more races. Uh, to get to get top five, I think top five in points might be a little out of reach, but um, you know I, I want to get a top five before the season's over, and you know I got three more races to try it, and uh, you know I, I like like you said, I've, I've had some pretty good rides on it, not quite as good as I think I'm capable of, but a lot of it is just you know I've had a couple, I wouldn't say bad luck, but kind of little mistakes. Like I got a first turn crash at Anaheim two. Yep. Uh, that I was kind of caught up in, and I got back to, like, 10th or 11th, you know, which that's not bad, you know, but t- on paper, 10th or 11th isn't that great, but I came from a first-turn crash, and then at, like, Phoenix, I, I was in a good position. I think I was top 10 the first lap, and I stole my bike the first lap. <laughs> Just a stupid mistake, and, yeah. you know, I went, came from last up to 11th, I think. And then uh, at Dallas, at the last uh, West Coast race, I had a decent start. I think I was up to, like, 8th. And I was working my way up. I think I had a good shot at, you know, a fifth, sixth place that night. And I was making a pass on somebody and went to square him up and quit the rear wheel and went down and came back up to 10th, you know, for the finish. So right. it was like, you know, not not that that's bad, but, you know, I want to get top five. Sure. And, and I know that I can. So, uh, you know, I just got to keep working on it and get everything, you know, good starts and ride my best and stay out of the trouble and, you know, put everything together. And, uh, yeah, I got three more chances to do it, like I said. So, try here one more time and or try in these next three sure. to make it happen and, and you know just see what happens um so you know in your early years it looks like you've been to loretta's numerous times and i think you started on 50s at loretta's is that right yep yep, uh, yep on 50s yeah. what what got you started in motocross was your family into it to begin with and i know your younger brother's racing he's in the a class now if i'm not mistaken what got your family yep. going yeah my my dad used to ride just for fun uh, you know, just kind of locally, and he was like a C, C rider. Uh, I think he rode like intermediate, you know, B class right. at one point or whatever. Kind of got up to there, but nothing serious. You know, just for fun. He, when he was a teenager, you know, ever just you know had got a dirt bike and rode, and you know just did it for fun. And uh, so he was into it, and uh, a few of his friends, you know, uh, the same thing. My uncle kind of used to ride, and none of them were, you know. I don't want to say they weren't good, but, you know, they weren't very good. They just did it for fun. And, 
my dad got me a bike when I was like, oh, I want to say like five or six years old. Got yeah. me a little PW50. And I think when I was about five, and I just wanted nothing to do with it. I <laughs> didn't want to ride it. I'd go to the track, and he would be riding and racing you know, on the weekend just for fun. And I'd hang out with the other kids and play in the sand, and, and uh, but wanted nothing to do with riding. And then one day, I guess I you know, I decided I wanted to try to ride just you know, around in the field at, at my dad's shop. And uh, never, I haven't stopped since, you know, yeah. never. So I, I kind of never wanted to do it. I did it and yeah. kind of got the bug and, and haven't stopped since. So, I don't think that's uncommon. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's. I don't know why I didn't want anything to do with it, but I just did it. And I guess one day I, you know, told him, hey, you know, I want to try to ride. And, and like I said, I haven't, haven't, haven't stopped since really. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's kind of how it started. So, and... I know that you and uh, your wife, Brittany, have been together a long time since high school, I think. And did you meet her at the track? Because yep. I know she's been very supportive um, of you for the, your whole career. Yep. Yeah, my wife and I, we've been married for, I'm going to get in trouble. 2011, <laughs> we got married. So, what, almost six years. Um, you know, this October will be six years. And uh, we've been together since 2004 um, in September. So, we're going on, oh, what would that be, 13 years, yeah. I think, of being together. Dating, and that was since I was, I think I was 15 and she was 13 uh, years old. So since we're you know, teenagers, um, so yeah, been been together quite a long time. We, we were actually talking about it um, the other day. She's 26, and uh, you know, and I'm and yeah, she's 26 right now. So technically, like half of her life, we've been <laughs> together. Yeah. You know, whatever. So it's kind of weird when you think about it like that. But right, it's um, impressive though. That's no, cool. And uh, her dad used to actually ride uh, also. So her dad rode, um, her little brother rode, her little brother same age as my little brother. And uh, so she kind of grew up around it. Um, her dad actually, we met, um, she's always kind of lived like near me. I never knew her at all though, you never even met her. Um, but I knew her brother, knew her dad. She really didn't like going to the races and didn't, she didn't really go a whole lot and uh, just wasn't into it and like, you know, you know, going to the races and, uh, her dad was actually, uh, works for and kind of mechanic for a friend of mine that was like my age. Um, his okay. dad had hired my wife's dad to kind of mechanic and take him riding. So this was back before I could drive, you know, before I was 16. Yeah. So me and my buddy would go riding with his mechanic, which was Brittany's dad. Um, so we were riding and then I don't, you know, one time or another we went back to their house and that's, we kind of, that's when I met Brittany and then it all kind of, we started dating a few months after that. And, uh, she liked going and, to the track yeah, then, didn't that, she? That's how we met. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> I said she enjoyed going to the track more then, didn't she? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, she didn't really want to be at the track, track very much. And then, you know, we, you know, met and then, you know, started dating a few months later. And then, and then that's, you know, been together ever since right. pretty much. So, yeah. Shifting back to moto, um, Tell, tell how how did your time on the 450 treat you? And you were uh, kind of on your own deal on that, correct? Like with with, with a little bit of help yeah. from Ricky Fowler and maybe a little bit of help from your team. Tell us about that. Yep. Yeah. No. On the so when the West Coast was over um, on my 250 stuff, you know, I had before, like I was saying, the Moto Concept stuff came together really late because my 250 eligibility was really late. You know, and it was into December. So I actually already got uh, two brand new uh, 17 uh, Honda 450s, um, and I was kind of putting together my own deal to go racing. And, uh, 
you know, just kind of do my own thing. And I had already got the bikes, hadn't even ridden them yet. Um, I got them right before I went over to, to, to Geneva. So while I was over there is when the Moto Concept stuff came together. So I went directly from Geneva back to California to get on the 250. And I never even rode the 450s. Because, um, like I said, I went straight to California to get on the 250 for Moto Concepts. And um, so I had asked, you know, originally, like, my deal with the team with Moto Concepts was just 250 West Coast only. Um, I kind of talked to them. If a couple guys had gotten hurt, because they have three 450 guys, if two of them went out and were injured, then I could be kind of filled, like, put in as a fill-in rider if two of them were injured. Um, which obviously hasn't happened this year so far. But uh, I had asked uh, Tony and Mike Genova um, when we were kind of putting the deal together, you know, before I actually signed it, you know, I, I had mentioned to them, I already have my own 450s. You know, I, I kind of figured it's not in their budget to add another 450 guy back on the East Coast. You know, they would have four 450 riders and an East Coast 250 rider, you know, when McAdoo was there. So it was like, I'm sure they didn't budget for that, you know, or have bikes or anything like that to be able to do that. But I explained to them, you know, that I already had my own 450s because I was already working on putting my own stuff together. So I just asked them, you know, when the West Coast is over, would you guys mind if I did some of the East Coast on the 450? And they were cool with it. Um, I didn't even ask them for really any help because, you know, like I said, it wasn't their job. I wasn't hired to do 450 on the East Coast. But they offered to take my bike to the races you know, help me with parts here and there, whatever I need, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, like chains, sprockets, bars, and air filters, and plastic, and graphics, you know, stuff like that, and uh, so that was obviously awesome with them, a huge help to me to get my bike, you know, to all the races, And uh, but other than that, I was kind of on my own as far as, like, you know, getting myself there and paying for myself to be there and getting a mechanic there and signing up and whatever work I wanted to do to my bike, you know, it's kind of all up to me. So my dad ended up uh, helping me. Just me and my dad did it. He would fly in after work on Friday nights and uh, stay Sundays. Um, he would stay and not fly home until, like, Sunday night. That way he could get up, you know, Sunday morning after the race, wash my bike, get it all ready, kind of work with the other team mechanics. Yeah. That way my bike was ready, you know, whenever we flew back in the next week. And, uh, yeah, I pretty much rode a bone stock bike. I FMS got me a pipe for it, and uh, I've actually been doing some testing for FMF because uh, they're still working on their production pipe for that new bike. Yeah. So I've been doing some testing with them. Uh, Race Tech did my suspension. Uh, I put We have a Hinton clutch in the thing, and I changed my bars and sprocket. And, uh, that's pretty much it. So pipe and clutch and bars and sprocket and got the suspension redone and went racing on it. So the, the new bike is actually really good. The motor's really good on it, and... Uh, it, it was really pretty good. Obviously, it could be a little bit better with a little bit of work, but, um, you know, people that go to local tracks probably have more work more work done to their bike than I did, and I was in the main event pretty much every week. So yeah, that kind of shows you, I think, how good the bike is, and, and you know, it's right, right from the get-go. Right. Well, I think it's a testament it's to the rider, too, but, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, I tell you what, this is your second uh, second stint with Moto Concepts, correct? You were on that team prior, what, 2010, 2011? Yep. Yep, I rode for them in 2010 and 2011, uh, back when they were in Yamaha's, and uh, haven't been there since, you know, the last few years, and then, um, but never ended it on a bad note. Uh, Mike Genova was awesome to me. 
when I wrote for him uh, before. And I've got I've always talked to him, always got along really good with him. Talked to him for a few years about possibly doing something and stuff just never actually came together. But uh, like I said, it was always always uh, awesome, uh, you know, riding for Mike. Um, the years that I got to, uh, you know, previous and uh, so this year when it kind of came together, um, you know, they really didn't really have plans to have a 250 West Coast guy uh, necessarily. They didn't have to have one. Um, and when I talked to them and kind of explained that I was, uh, you know, able to do it, um, it was really just completely up to Genova um, if he wanted to do it. You know, it's going to be coming out of his pocket <laughs> yeah. to put another guy on the team and to, to make that effort happen. And uh, so definitely a huge thanks to him for, you know, making it happen. You know, like I said, he didn't, he didn't have sponsor obligations, you know, to to have a 250 out there you know, or anything like that. So right. he kind of went out of his way to put the deal together for me. And I'm happy. And, you know, I want to, want to you know, get him a top 10 in, in the championship. But hopefully, like I said, we can get a little – little better results and try to get him a top five before the series is over. And, uh, Heck yeah. Yeah. Do it. Um, well, so I don't know if you've put together like who I am as far as I'm the guy that asked for your Jersey for four years in a row yeah. at, at Dallas. And I, I'm like a super fan. He's, he's the super fan. Kyle. <laughs> I don't know anybody that roots. I mean, we all root for you, but Jamie, I think he, there might be a little man love going on there, buddy. Easy. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're not, not going to go down that road, but, um, <laughs> you know, really what happened was, and I told Brittany this at Dallas is here before we all got to take a picture together with your beautiful baby Haven. I, I, yeah. I started following you in, um, when you got hurt at Dallas in 2000 or Houston in 11, I saw your yep. crash. I was there that day. So and, was I. It was and rough. I started following you on Twitter just to see if you were alive, you know? And I think after a day or two, Brittany posted your condition and I, and it just ever since then I've been following you. And then at Freestone, I, you were there at Freestone in 11. Yep. And that was the first time I met you and I said, hi. And, and I was, you know, cheering for you or whatnot. And I've just been a fan ever since. So, my question, I guess, is: Is it weird in your position to have super fans and people like me, or does it bug you? Do you get annoyed when people bother you? Because I don't know. I, yeah, I don't... he's just asking: yeah, like, Is, is it okay for him to have a crush on you? Is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I really hate when they ask me interviews, and that's really annoying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it's, honestly, it's not really. I, I, I don't know. I kind of just look at it as people are people. You know, I, I don't know. I. I ride a dirt bike somewhat good, I guess. So it doesn't make me a better person than anybody else or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm a normal person that rides a dirt bike good. You know, some people are normal people that build a house good, you know, what I mean? right. I, you know, whatever. So I, it, it's, it is what it is, you know, I, but with that said, the fans are what allow me and other, you know, the guys in the sport to be able to do what we do for a living. You know, I would probably... I'm assuming I would always ride for fun, you know, even if I was never a pro, just because I've done it from a young age and I enjoy doing it. But, you know, fans, honestly, are if nobody showed up to the stadium, you know, to watch us race, it wouldn't last very long, you know what I mean? So I would maybe still be riding, but I wouldn't be getting a paycheck or wouldn't be doing it for a living. So, no, honestly, it's not. I mean, it goes with the territory. Um, I appreciate all my fans. Uh, you know, honestly, you're wholeheartedly, whatever. Because, like I said, without them, you know, we wouldn't be there uh, doing it as a job. You know, so um, I was a I was a fan of riders back before I was a pro. You know, I was the kid going around trying to get jerseys from from riders, from John Dowd and McGrath and Wyndham yeah. and you know guys like that. Yeah. You know, growing up, and 
So when I see kids or any, you know, even adults or people, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I was in that same position yeah. at one, you know, one time. And, and, uh, and like I said, that's that without them being there, being a fan, you know, I, I wouldn't be there anyway. So, um, no, it, it's, it's awesome. I appreciate it, you know, from you know, all the fans or whatever, yeah. um, even the ones that don't like me, you know, we're, like I said, they're all without them there, you know, we wouldn't be there doing it as a job. Yeah. So I'm just a 41 um, year old no, kid. I, I, so, <laughs> What's that? I said I'm just a 41 year old kid. I love being in the pits and getting autograph or yeah. autographs. But yeah, you you've been one of my favorite writers and you've been friendly to me every year, and I I do appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So, so um, I I asked Brittany on Twitter. I think it was yesterday for something embarrassing, and uh, she yep. asked she asked me to ask you how much your flip flops cost. How is my what? How much your flip flops cost? Oh yeah, my I think they're Walmart flip-flops. They're nine, 98 cents a piece. That's nice. awesome. That's awesome. I thought it was going to be the other way, like they were going to be some Gucci flip-flops and or something. <laughs> no. No, I'm pretty people call me cheap. Right. I don't pay cheap. I pay, um, frugal or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, you know whatever. Yeah. Right on. So, no, my my dad was just talking to somebody this weekend at the race about my cheapness, whatever you want to call it, but I'm like <laughs> I was, we were, me and Brittany were walking through, I think it was Walmart or Target or somewhere like that. And I just have like, you know, cheap little flip flops, like, you know, sure. three, $4, you know, little, you know, flip flops. And, uh, it, a, you know, I live in Florida most of the year and it's like 8 million degrees and humid and hot. So I wear flip flops a lot, you know, shorts and flip flops. And when I go to the track, it's hot normally. Yep. So I don't want to wear shoes and socks, but I'm just getting to the track and I'm going to put my gear on when I get there anyways. So I usually have flip flops. So <laughs> if I'm not at the gym with my like, you know, my running shoes, or if I'm not like going out to eat with like, you know, a pair of Vans or something like that, you know, going to dinner, I'm usually in flip flops or barefoot. So, so I always can use a good pair of flip flops. And we were walking through Walmart or Target, wherever you know, somewhere like that, and they had a bin of a bunch of flip flops just randomly like stacked in there. So it's probably Walmart if they're all piled in there, and. uh they, the price tag on them said 98 cents. So I looked through there. I had like found two of them that were my size. And I'm like, I'm going to get a pair. And I'm even going to splurge and get a backup pair. For when these ones break. <laughs> they don't last that long. Right. Because that's 98 cents. They're pretty, they're pretty crappy, you know. So they'll last me a few months. Sure. Whatever. So I went ahead and even got a backup pair even right. when I was there. So, Good yeah. No, she, she laughed at me because I, I grabbed one. And I don't think she expected me to grab the second pair. <laughs> and I kind of like joked. I was like, I'm even going to get two pairs, you know, while I'm here. Can't, nice. can't pass up the deal. Heck yeah, so, yeah man. I appreciate a man that likes a bargain. Right. Hey, Kyle, uh, any plans for outdoors this year, bud? Uh, nothing for sure right now. I'm, I'm talking to some people, trying to kind of put stuff together. Um, like I said, the 450s that I have, they're my own, you know, personal bikes. I'll actually take that back. One of them is my own personal bike. The other one is uh, Extreme Power Sports of Tampa, uh, which is a Honda and Husqvarna dealership uh, right right near me back home in Florida. They uh, they helped me out with a bike, you know, loaned me a bike. Um, I'll give it back to them at the end of the, at the end of the year. Um, so one bike is a you know a bike that they loaned me. The other bike is my personal bike. But basically, I have those two bikes to be able to use. So I could you know put my own deal together and kind of go do that or i've been kind of trying to wait and see if any rides open up 
you know, if any opportunities come come through. Right. You know, obviously you never want anyone to get hurt, but you know, it's part of the sport. It happens. Uh, so I've been kind of kind of trying to you know keep my eyes out and um, you know if something comes available. Um, and at the same time, I kind of I can do it on my own if I want to or need to. Um, honestly, I would prefer not to do that because it costs a lot of money and you really don't make very good money outdoors. Yeah. As much as I love, I really do enjoy racing outdoors. If I didn't, it would be very easy to just be like, I'm um, just taking the summer off. I'm not racing. Cause definitely don't do it for the money when you're doing it on your own because you don't make that much. Um, so kind of see what happens. Like I said, I have my bikes. If I can, kind of put my own program together that makes sense to be out there and do it have you, um if a ride opens up obviously you know that that would be awesome yeah uh the only the other thing um i've been in talks with a team up in canada as well um to maybe go up there for the summer to race so um that's a possibility as well i'm kind okay. of actually in the midst of kind of working on that uh, as well kind of seeing what that seeing what that opportunity could be if so you, uh, nothing for sure if um, kind of got the feelers out there and see what happens but either way i want to race in the summer I don't. I don't want to be at home, but uh, we'll see. Kind of see what happens. If that doesn't work out, have you thought about doing like the Australian Supercross or anything like that, just to keep Supercross skills down for next year? Yeah, I would like to do that too. I, I think the Australian Supercross stuff doesn't start until like uh, maybe like the middle or end of September. So just a few weeks after the outdoor series is over yeah. uh, down here. So I actually talked to the Honda team or one of the Honda teams down there uh, last year and was pretty close to getting a deal together to go down there. Um, and it was kind of last minute, so it just didn't work out. But uh, I told them I would you know, love to you know, have a little more time and get kind of things worked out and be able to come down there for 2017. So uh, you know, I, I hope to be able to go down there. Um, or I always, you know, I, ne- I don't have anything 100% set in stone uh, just yet, but I always, you know, in Germany or Switzerland or Paris or, you know, somewhere in Europe, I usually, you know, end up doing a few of the Supercrosses over there um, at some point, you know, during the off season. Uh, and like I said, I've never actually been to Australia, so that would be really cool to go down there yeah. and do the series down there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm for sure going to be working on that here probably sooner rather than later, uh, kind of trying to figure some of that stuff out and kind of get working on that. You know, I had a trying to get a little ahead of schedule and, and kind of get some of that stuff kind of ironed out and and planned out so um but yeah I, i'd love to go down there and if uh if something right. if the opportunity is there you know i definitely sure. love to go down there so well i hope Please. to see you at colorado this year i hope things work out because that i'll be there for that and yeah we're kind definitely of, want to be cheering you on definitely gotta yeah gotta get those uh new yep. team chiz shirts out we talked about the red ones yep yep <laughs> Yeah, are, are you going to be at any other ones other than Colorado? That Probably the- not. That's the only one close to us, and our budgets yeah. don't really allow a whole lot of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that that's going to yeah. be the goal right now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I should know here hopefully in the next few weeks. Cool. Um, I, I would like to know now, obviously. I wish I could say, but, you know, like I said, I'm in talks with a, with a team up in Canada, kind of working on some things down here, you know, stuff like that. Nothing set in stone, so... Um, I, I would like to be at Colorado. I, I actually really like that track too. So see what happens, and uh, yeah, you guys will know. As soon as I know something, I'll you know I'll put it out there, and you guys will know. So we'll see. See what happens. Looking forward to it, Kyle. Well, hey man, we got to run. We really appreciate your time. Thanks again for coming on the show, man. Thank. We really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, no it. worries. Any, anytime, I appreciate it. Means a lot to me, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night, Kyle. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Talk to you later. All right. All right later. See you. Bye. 
Kyle Chisholm, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, and Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas. Chiz is a good interview, man. Yeah, I enjoy yeah, talking sure. to Chiz. Yeah. I'd like to see him race outdoors, but I understand I don't think it pays very well unless you're on a team. So, Yeah, because I don't think there's much person in it at all, but it would be cool because I know he does go over and do the races over in Europe. Yeah, he's the king of Bercy one year. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I would like to see him do kind of the same thing Brayton's doing. I mm-hmm. mean... Those, I mean, he's obviously got great skills in Supercross, and unfortunately, because whether it be MX Sports or whoever, they can't seem to put any kind of purse money for these guys to make the nationals. So yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what that's about. I hope that improves to keep the series alive. But guys, we have some uh, a bonus for you guys tonight. We are going to cold call somebody you probably know well. So uh, let's get him on the phone, TJ. Well, let's yeah. see if he answers. Or he, I know he told me he doesn't answer his phone very often, so we'll yeah. see if he answers it. It's a slim chance, but we'll see what happens. And if this goes bad, we're going to blame it on Jamie. Yes, yeah, just edit it It's out. all Jamie's fault. Yeah, we'll just edit it out. No, we're not editing it out. It's all Jamie's fault. I think we're going to get blanked. Yeah, yeah. I, I do too, honestly. Yeah, we're going to, yeah. Oh, well, if we do. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic you, voice. Well, you, you don't want to leave a message? Yeah, leave him a message. Well, I oh, never mind. Hung I done hung up. I, get, I didn't want this number to get All right. Put well, out I know there. Travis listens, so we were, we were uh, trying to cold call Travis Marks. Producer to the stars. Yeah, right? yeah. He, he, I know he listens, and uh, he was texting me a little while ago, so we thought we'd give it a shot. Um, we will get him on here at some point. Yes, for sure, for sure. We do appreciate you listening, Travis, and... Sorry we missed yep, you, buddy. Yep. But, appreciate uh, everybody listening. Man, <laughs> yeah, we get absolutely. We've had a lot of new listeners in the we last have, week or two. A lot have. of good reviews. I we, mean, even yeah. Vital is giving us good. People on Vital are saying good yeah. things. So, that, hey, you're doing something right, then. That's <laughs> good. I think so, so uh, guys, again, PMP Sprocket, Shock Socks, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas. Man, it's three three great companies, three great Texas companies. Um, you need a Suzuki Yamaha. Kawasaki. Yes, I, mean, I talked to Denny. So, I mean, it's a for oh, sure nice. deal. It's they done, are, yeah. Denny's down there working. We've got to get Denny on. Let's go. We'll get yeah. Mr. Denny Humphreys on. He's an old school Texas moto guy. And a Maybe lot get of, him a lot in of you studio. Know him. Yeah, we can get Denny in studio, talk about Broadway, the, the shift over there from Cowie going from where it was to where it's at now. And, uh, and he know. said he can actually sell the Kawasaki's right now. Yeah, Even got, though paperwork's not done. Got a brand new nice. 450 sitting on the floor. That's right. You guys want a new Cowie 450? They've got one. You want a YZ450 brand new? They got one of those two. RMZ450, RMZ250. Probably got a few two strokes laying around. And Honda's too, right? No, no yeah, oh. they do, but it's a different separate story. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Same company, you. different uh, Tyler right. Honda. Throw That's a little right. bonus in there. Same owner, though. I got yeah. you. And Absolutely. And if you want a killer killer sprocket pmp sprockets guys get you an aluminum sprocket they weigh yeah. less that, that, yeah. high quality colors that's the cool bike. looking that's the that's the they're thing awesome. who cares what they're light or whatever they are just i got beautiful. them both on both my bikes street bikes both they got, they've bikes. got both. both your bikes Baller. both Baller. I, I, I got, got called out re- recently because i say both yeah both and i'm a grammar nazi both. so that yeah Get you Both. some shock socks on your forks, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, nobody likes leaky shafts. Leaky <laughs> fork seals suck. I got my fork, one of one of my bikes. Again, I'm just like you, Jamie. I got more than one. One set of forks of mine are getting getting seals put on them right now because nice. 
I didn't use shock socks for a little while, and right. there you go. Well, there you go. I will have a fresh set. Shan on there. will reprimand you. Get yes, he will. Get get hit. Shan Garcia. Up. Hey, Broadway Power Sports of Tyler, Texas. You can get shock socks through them. Yep. And if you're not near Tyler, um, Tucker Rocky is a distributor. Yep. You hey, got so you guys. Hey, you want a cool set of goggles? Hit our boy Darkside up. X brand goggles. goggles. He's in got stock. the hookup in stock. I got a brand new set, and I love them, dude. Heck They're yeah. awesome. But uh. TJ, Jamie, thanks, guys. Enjoyed it this week. Moto X Pod Show. We've got a good one lined up next week, I think, and we will see you then.